The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, uh, Galen McDowell. I am the Executive Minister and the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. Um, I have a guest today. We're running a little bit behind, but I'm looking forward to him calling in. Uh, Today, my guest is the Bishop Carlton Pearson. Uh, he's not on yet. I'm expecting him to call in any minute now. We're ha- just having a little bit of hiccup. hiccup. So before we start, I will just, just kind of give an overview of a few things. Well, I could give my quick commercials about some things that are coming up at CUT really quickly and give him an opportunity to uh, get on the call or on the podcast. First of all, just a reminder that you can listen to or watch, actually, Monday through Friday, daily inspiration lessons that are taught by me, uh, our COO, Gavin Jackson, and our assistant minister, the Reverend Marjorie Cook. Monday through Friday, we teach our periodical, the Daily Inspiration for Better Living, which is, which was created uh, by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman and her team, and now is a part of the larger Universal Foundation for Better Living uh uh, organization. We all read it and it goes beyond our organization. So we do lessons every day at noon on the Christ Universal Temple Facebook page. And you will definitely want to check in. We're giving people, you know, that good spiritual meat that I think can help people get their breakthroughs. The other thing is obviously we have our live stream, which is Sundays at 10:30 a.m. Central Time. And I think it's really important for us to recognize that you get an opportunity to touch base with the, excuse me, touch base with the sur- Sunday service. You get to hear Reverend Wells preach. You get to hear the temple singers sing. You get prayer. You get everything that's necessary to do what we need to do. So we're going to make it work. And you also have an opportunity to touch base with Reverend Wells on Temple Talks, which is 7 uh, p.m. 
Central Time on Facebook. Just look up at Rev Well at Rev Wells Rev Derek Wells on Facebook, and we have a consciousness building call at six o'clock on Thursdays. I believe my guest is ready. How you doing? Is this Bishop? Yes, sir. How you doing this morning, Rev? Doing well. How about yourself, Bishop? I'm good. I'm good. 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 So. We're going to jump right into it. First of all, again, for those who are just tuning in, my guest today is the world-renowned Bishop Carlton Pearson, uh, the leading voice in transformation, in spirituality, and progressive religious movements. I mean, you know, he's he's the whole shebang, <laughs> as they would say, the whole shebang. So, you know, I want to talk to, to you today about the new spirituality, because when we were on last uh, month, we talked a lot about a lot of different things. And the thing about it is I wanted to really speak a little bit about the spirit, new spirituality. And as I'm defining the new spirituality, Bishop, is uh, people seeking spirituality outside of mainstream religion and organizations. Why do you think that's happening? One of the, I think it's just that it's part of a universal shift in religious sensibilities. Uh, people are thinking um, beyond beyond uh, the normal uh, mindset uh, or concept of religion. Young people today are in a different realm, and we've been trying to build a bridge between them and the old way, and they're not willing to even cross the bridge, let alone build it. The the world has so changed in the 21st century from the way it was in the 20th century. There, this whole idea of science, uh, which means knowledge, transcends faith. Um, science and spirituality are the new, uh, the new spiritual paradigm because people spend more time in, quote-unquote, the cloud with their cell phones and their smartphones and televisions and iPads and iPhones and iCloud. It's a new generational thinking of um, bridging this whole idea of equipment, being equipped mentally, being equipped technologically and with visuals. Church buildings don't mean the same thing. Church groups don't mean the same thing. And it's something we're having to explore because it's, it's still new. We have science of mind, and uh, now we're using really just science with the mind, not just the science of mind, but the science with the mind, all this new information highway. There's so much information out there, so much knowledge until it's in many ways uh, transcending, if, I, if not trumping faith. Okay. So when people are working – with this new spirituality, spirituality, many times I'm noticing that people are doing a lot of different things. For instance, Bishop, there are people who are going into newer progressive spiritual uh, relig- uh, and slash religious uh, faiths like New Thought. But there are also people who are going back and looking at the, re- the religions of the ancient past that that based upon Christianity and some other religions were considered pagan or, or, you know, or, you know, demonic and all type of things, you know, like traditional African religions that we were taught were evil growing up because it didn't go along with the mainstream Christian beliefs. 
how do you see people going back to the tradition of their elders to uh, understand a little bit more about spirituality? It's almost a a reversal of what happened 2,000 years ago when wise men came from the East looking for a star for a messianic birth. Uh, wise men today are going to the East, Eastern religions, Eastern spirituality, Oriental mindsets, ancient, ancient ways of uh, even using the universe stars or astrology, because those guys were were astrologers and astronomers. They looked into the sky. The whole idea of pastoring today, um, we don't realize that the concept actually is pastor. Pastor is the Greek word for star. Uh, the original shepherds were feeding their sheep by night um, when the angels came in the, when, in the Christ story. Shepherds spent a lot of time studying the heavens, so pasturing and pastoring and pastoring, <laughs> it's looking up in the stars, and we're starting to do it again. It's frightening to some people because it's, they thought that was a cult. Occult just means mystery. So all religious, mysterious religions are occultish. That is, uh, their, their secret uh, 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 slogans and secret uh, oaths and secret, it's almost like sororities and fraternities uh, you have secret oaths that you make well there's a different kind of spirituality where people are getting into the mysteries and they're studying the mysteries even the mystery religions and the mystery spiritualities that do uh, transcend and uh, and transcend cut across religious traditions uh, whether it's Judaism Hindu uh, Hinduism Buddhism Christianity there's a combination of all these things from the the original spiritual curiosities, and that was in rustic times when we didn't have technology. Now we're mixing this amazing technology. People are thinking about UFOs, uh, parallel realities, parallel universes. There's whole shows on television, series about paranormal and uh, apparitions, or people considering demons or. Uh, unidentified flying objects or aliens or insects or animals that we've never seen before, whether that's conspiracies of Loch Ness monsters or Bigfoot uh, or devils, people are just exploring. And then the drugs that are out there that are, that are hallucinations, hallucinatory drugs or mind altering drugs do put people between dimensions or in interdimensional realities. There's this new exploration and new curiosity out there that religion has not satiated or satisfied, traditional religion, so people are just looking. And I think we're having to, we who have been in traditional religions are having to stop and say, okay, let's, let's listen, let's, let's, uh, let's become a little bit more adventurous and stop trying to protect, Jesus made reference to old wine, old wine skins. Uh, I I, at this stage of my life, I'm from that Pentecostal tradition, uh, transcendent type religion, but old wine, old wine skins, old wine olds, and old winers. <laughs> are, I've got all of them. That, that, that ain't going to work anymore. <laughs> We're not going to repair old wine skins. We're literally replacing them. Yes, yes. New well, 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 you know, for, for people who aren't familiar with your story, 
you know, and I know that's a longer story than the, than the hour we have for this podcast, but far as spiritually, how did you get to where you are now? Well, I was, I got bored uh, with some of the theology and the boundaries. I felt we were, and I said many, the religion I came from got King James mixed up with King Jesus. And uh, the whole idea of, of the 16th century King's English and the King's mentality, we thought that King James said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every quote-unquote creature. Now, that's Anglo-Saxon colonialism, that mentality of colonizing the world and to all the creatures outside of the Anglo-Saxon mentality. Uh, <laughs> that would be creatures. When you say creatures, you don't normally think of human beings. Right. You think of creatures, animals, or insects, or creeps in some, in some way. So, in the and sometimes the Anglo-Saxon mentality, subtly, there's this racist thing that they don't know is there, and they're not being so intentional. Not in these days, but in the ancient days when King James and the British world wanted to colonize the planet, they they thought going into all the world and preaching or reaching the gospel meant making them all Christians, preferably. Protestant rather than Catholic Christians, because after what was the King Eight King King, um, King Henry the Eighth shifted from Anglo from uh, Catholicism to the Anglican Church and started the Anglican Church because he wanted to divorce and remarry, as you know the story. Yeah. So that whole heavy mentality is weighty on the Western thought, and it's running out of fuel. You go to Europe now, you find more pigeons in churches than people. I mean, they're just yeah. not doing church over there anymore. And so that's the Amer- America's headed to that same place, and it seems uh, negative to a lot of people's appraisals and opinions. But it's really just again the universe shifting itself, correcting itself, bringing us into a deeper and more pronounced spirituality. Okay. So let let me let if people want to call in, I want to at least put the number out there so we give people an opportunity because these hours go re- by really fast. If you want to call in and ask. The Bishop Carlton Pearson a question, you can call in or just can't make a comment. You can call in at 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. So, Bishop, you know, I asked you how did you evolve to where you are now, but how would you define where you are now? Um, I can only describe where I am. I don't, I'm not big on definitions anymore because that puts... Um, limits on what I believe is evolution. We're at a, yeah. a evolutionary portal that um, the whole globe, the whole planet is moving into. And uh, of course, I'm Pisces, and we're more mystical, and we like the deep, unfathomable waters of, of uh, thought. And so I'm a little bit more prone to mysticism and spirituality than I am religion, but I've always been a religious person all my life. I started getting thirsty, even with all my Pentecostalism, speaking in tongues and casting out devils and believing in angels and spirits and, you know, scripture and quickening, shouting and dancing, the whole thing of the, the black Pentecostal experience, uh, not exclusively, but, but particularly, I got dissatisfied only in that I wasn't maximizing my spirituality. It was getting boxed into uh, rituals and performances and traditions that were powerless. 
they they were more bondage than not. And then watching the news, seeing these little kids uh, come from the Tutsis and Hutus returning from uh, Uganda to from Rwanda to Uganda, uh, and they were starving and hungry, and they were black and Africans, and and I'm looking at my own people and presuming them to be headed to hell. Uh, the little children had swollen bellies and their hair was gone and the mothers had this forlorn look in their face, no future, no hope. And I started, I was holding my little baby, who's now 23 years old, Majesty, I was holding her in my lap and saying, God, how could you take those poor people to hell? And, and I remember thinking, so they couldn't be Christians because the scripture says, I once was young, now I'm old, never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread. It's an Old Testament passage, but I was presuming that they were not righteous and they were being judged by God and going to hell. That's when I had that conversation where I felt I heard God say, well, so that's what you think we're doing? We're sending them to hell? Can't you see they're already there? You all created that for each other because you believe so profoundly in that concept. Um, and my whole thinking changed that day. <laughs> I started asking yeah. questions. Answering questions and then questioning my answers about a God who has terrible anger management issues and throws these tantrums. And I stopped believing in that God. I started questioning first, querying, criticizing that God because of that God's attitude. And that a God would even create something as obscene or absurd or uh, uh, obscure as hell and eternal judgment. So here I am, 50 years old. College graduate, thinking of all the things that, and and, and studying even toward the masters and in uh, in divinity and knowing the scriptures and preaching and pastoring a bishop, overseeing six hundred churches, and I'm thinking I don't know if I believe this stuff anymore. So I started shifting, and I assumed that if a man who's been in steeped religion as long as I have could shift, perhaps it was happening to other people around the planet. And I later learned that was even before I got into new thought. Yeah, it's amazing. You, you guys were way ahead of me, and in, in uh, as far as years of reassessing, you you'd almost laugh at some of the things I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got some. Call, he has some callers, Bishop. Let me uh, get the first caller in. Uh, Juanita, are you there? I am here. Hi, uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. You have a question for Bishop? No, I'm just excited to hear him. Um, After he was off the scene for a while, I've been praying and asking God, where is Bishop Carlton Pearson? So I was excited to see him back on Facebook, and I knew my prayer had been answered. And I wanted just to encourage him that the time is here. And um, they couldn't hear you then, but they will hear you now. Mm. um, The time has been redeemed, and it's time. And I hear the Lord saying, it's time, son. It's time. And um, one of the things I think, because I've been tracking with him all the time, because I love spiritual things. Um, I love to meditate. And I think those things were taken away from us in the church, but they belong to what we what we say is that we, they belong to God. All of these things, Yudhevahe, they belong to Him. But I think we forget that we are spirits. Hey, mm-hmm. we are spirits. Clo, 
So this body, it has these, well, it appears to have these limitations. So maybe um, the bishop can expand on that. But oftentimes I, I say, Lord, it's like we're trapped in these bodies. But do these people understand that we are spirit? Do you understand that God is a spirit? And those who worship him, we worship him in truth and spirit. And the church, what Bishop, um, what Bishop Carlton Pierce was trying to tell us a long time ago, you are putting God in a box. How come you can't see that he died for all humanity? Why can't we see that? Why, do, why does God have to be in this box? We're trying to well, get out of the box. Yes, yes. That's so, Juanita, I want to yes. thank you for the, because for the, we do have some other callers, so I do want to be respectful of the callers. I do want to thank you, and thank you, for, first of all, for the support of the happy. show and for Bishop Pearson. Go ahead, Bishop. Yes. She over there getting happy and quickly, and I hear her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know I, and, I you know. We're not just, and we've heard it many times, we're not just human beings looking for spiritual experiences. We are spirit having an earthly encounter. Yes. We have a mind, we have a body, but we are spirit. We are yes. essence. That word is pneuma in Greek, where we get the word pneumonia. Breath or pneumon is the word for lung. So we are pneumatic. We have we have an, a, a a a. We're referring to our permanent rather than our accidental selves, our yes. immediate, immortal, immeasurable self. That's spirit, way beyond religion, way beyond brick and mortar. So that's the mist and the air. We're seventy percent water. And uh, or mist. It, it, that's why we have to wear these masks. Because, and they're telling us that every time we speak, moisture comes out of us. We spent nine months floating in water, the first nine months of our lives, and we came out. Our lungs were were eighty percent water. Our brains are still eighty percent water. The Earth's surface is seventy percent water. So there's a lot of moisture, and water is a metaphor for spirit. So we're moving with the waters. They're talking about the melting of hey. the glaciers and the rising of the souls, uh, the so, the uh, uh, shorelines. Water is everywhere. Mist and mysticism and mysterious things are coming, and that's that's very exciting for my for my spirit. Well, thank you, Juanita. I'm uh, got to get to the next caller. Thank you so much, and continue to touch base and support Bishop and what he has to do. God bless you. God bless you too. Thank God you, bless you Bishop. Thank you, precious. Uh, Celeste, are you there? I am. Oh, hey, this is Reverend Celeste Frazier. How you doing there? Good to hear from you. I'm good. I'm good, yeah. I was listening to Bishop talk about the mysteries, and, you know, for me, mystery and the mystical part of New Thought has always been uh, more of interest to me. Um, not only the Kabbalah, but African spirituality, like Vudun and Ife, um, that I've studied with Dr. Coleman, but I recently started working with Dr. Sue Mortar, and you were talking about the breath, and a lot of the work that she does in terms of the interdimensional work is really awakening me to the spirit in my body. I'm just wondering, Bishop, um, which which of these uh, mystical practices or um, spiritualities that you indulge in and, and its effect on you? Jesus said in my father's house, he's quoted to say, there are many mansions. I interpret the word, and the Greek word means many spaces or places or phases. I say many dimensions, many levels. Uh, same house, but many levels, many parallel realities. 
or universes, if you will. And I'm in, I'm curious. I think we all are not we're not just multi but interdimensional beings that we actually do go from one floor to another. Uh, whether you're at a meditative moment, you're supplicating, you're praying, you're worshiping, you're singing, you're dancing. Sometimes you're just um, um, perusing, cruising the elements, and uh, it's a it's an adventure, and it includes aspects of Zen Buddhism and some parts of Hinduism and some parts of Pentecostalism and some parts of Christ consciousness. I think it's all Christ consciousness. We we give it different titles, but each one is a different level or floor or space or place or even pace in consciousness, certain speeds. There's a timelessness, an agelessness, a facelessness, a skinless, sinless mentality that's there. Uh, or getting to what the, the Buddhists may call nirvana, where you actually lose desire or you're not aware of any particular desire. You're not happy. You're just happening, and you're, you're occurring, and you're existing, and you're functioning, and uh, you realize you've been in these spaces all your existence. And then you come into the time continuum, and you start giving them names. But generally, uh, I think the 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 pneumatic part of our the human being is, as I wanted to alluded to earlier, we being spirits and spirited breath. And so when we start breathing, we would say, "Amen," or "I am," or "Om." All of those are creating sounds that are in the sync and cadence of the universal sound, whether it's, and, and again, we use our own human English or l- human languages to express our emotions. But in the spiritual realm, it's pretty much all the same language, all the same mm-hmm. legal. It's all the same spiritual vocabulary. Very powerful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We have about a minute before we have to take our break. So um, I'm going to say, uh, I think Celeste hung up, but thank you, Celeste, for Reverend Celeste, for calling in with the question. Uh, Bishop, we have about a minute, so I don't want to take the next caller. Stan is the next person up, so Stan, uh, hold on. When we come back from the break, you're the first person up, and then we uh, uh, we have Chand- Chandrika, I believe that's how you pronounce the name. So I want to make sure that uh, the two callers that are holding on, please stay on the line. We'll bring you in as soon as we come back from our break. I want to make sure that your question doesn't get cut off or anything of that nature. Uh, Bishop, people are coming in with some, with some stuff. Um, you, you, you know, you're, yeah. you're, draw, you're, you're drawing them, <laughs> you know, and, and I got if I get, get to it, I have a, a, a question of questions that, that, that I'm a, that I had at the end of my paper for questions that I'm going to ask you, because I would just love to have some discourse around a particular subject uh, that I was thinking about this morning uh, while I was preparing to come to work. So we're going to take our first break, not first break, our only break. And, you know, I believe the music will start playing behind me momentarily. Yeah, there it goes. And we'll be right back with the Bishop Carlton Pearson and Truth Transforms. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. 
This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I have the Bishop Carlton Pearson on with me today talking about the new spirituality. Bishop, before we take stand, because he's the next person up, the next caller, could you let people know how they can get in contact with you and follow you? CDP at bishoppearson.com is my email address. CDP, there are my initials, Carlton Demetrius Pearson, at bishoppearson.com for questions. Or just go to Bishop uh, Carlton D. Pearson is the big Facebook page that has no limits. Carlton D. Pearson, where I can friend, they can come on and like us, and that's where thousands can come. You're not limited to to like, you know, 5,000. So, but I have a personal CD, a personal F, uh, Facebook, but the one that has room on it is um, Carlton D. Pearson or bishoppearson.com is a page, a web page. They're changing that because um, people don't, when they see the term bishop, they they're, 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 they picture an old dry that preacher. <laughs> <laughs> don't you have a show that you do? Um, is it on Monday nights? Every Monday night at my, on the Facebook, it's called Streaming Consciousness. I'm there every Monday night live uh, okay. at 8.30 Central Time. All right, so make sure you all plug in and check out Bishop Pearson on Facebook. We're going to bring Stan in. Uh, Stan, are you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. All right, hi. Do you have a question for Bishop Pearson? Yeah, hey, Bishop, uh, how are you doing? I'm good, sir. Good. Um, so I have two questions. I'm going to make them really fast. The first one relates to the different uh, denominations of religion uh, in in the world. So, for example, uh, if you are Christian, you, you're going to say, or let's say Baptist, you're going to say that you got to uh, go through Jesus to get to God. If you are Buddhist, you may have to pray to uh, Buddha, or or if you're Catholic, you may say Mary is the intermediary. Uh, so these all all of these different religions or different um, intermediaries is what I call them. Do you what do you think about the idea that there is only one God in every other religion or every other thing that we do? We're all. Um, just seeking to acknowledge or somehow worship that one God. So it doesn't, it's totally irrelevant whether you pray to Buddha or Allah or Jehovah or Jesus or Mary, we're all simply trying to uh, to um, worship that one God that exists. Do you think that makes sense? Perfect sense, sir. It makes perfect sense. God is not a name, it's a title. We give the names, whether it's Yahweh or Muhammad or Christ or the the vicar of Christ, some pope or priest or preacher. So I think it is the human spirit desiring to reconnect with its essence, and we package it in religion, and you've assessed it, I think, quite well. Uh, we package it in with terminologies and rituals and dogmas and sometimes doctrines that are, uh, that are different from other people's pursuit, but the ultimate is that we're all seeking the, our own divinity or the best expression of that divinity. And we use these man-made or manufactured ways and routes to do that. And those are I, dissolving as we speak, and people are going back to their original pursuit of themselves and their, soul, their, own, their own souls and, and spirituality. 
Mm. Uh, okay, and uh, so so why do you think that people are that the Baptist is going to say, well, you you don't know Jesus, so you're going to hell, or the Jehovah is going to say the same thing about the Baptist? It's it's ignorance, arrogance, and territorialism. Okay. Uh, we we the, the 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 number one idol on the planet is opinion. Everybody worships their opinion, and every different denomination or every different uh, and most of the theologies are fear based. They think that if they're if you don't go their way, you're going to go to hell. Well, I think everybody goes through it, hell, but nobody ultimately will end up in an eternal twisted. Uh, weeping, wailing, writhing, you know, that kind of obscenity and absurdities are something that people created out of their fear-based mentalities and fear-based theologies. These gods with anger management issues and everybody's, the gods are angry, the gods are angry, and there's a natural disaster. This whole mentality, uh, I think, has crippled and in some ways made the human race psychotic. It's it's created a kind of, of, of mental illness that uses imagination and fantasizes monsters, including a supposedly good God and a bad God. Good one is the one, one in heaven, but that one is angry and frightening and frightened and and uh, is is um, uh, there seems to be turmoil in that heaven. That God was very angry in Scripture, manifested uh, terror, and we're turning water into to to uh, the, the Nile into blood and flies and lice and locusts and frogs that whole picture is monstrous and frightening and the children of israel according to the narrative were afraid of that god and um but we have and christianity is a form of judaism that fears god and again out of that fear we create these monsters and those monsters as you alluded to sir are are doctrines and dogmas you got to do it this way. You got to worship on this day and eat this kind of food and eat it on a, in a certain way and have that candle or that crystal or that light or that water or that libation. We've come up with all these rules and rites and rituals, and it's and none of that is necessary for you to be in contact with your spirit. Okay, well, thanks, guys. You guys keep up the great work. Thanks, thanks, great Dan. Great question, buddy. Thanks, thanks. It, it, you know, Bishop, I'm going to bring the next caller on momentarily, but Bishop, you know, as you were talking, it, it brought back a memory of my, one of my favorite scenes from Enter the Dragon by Bruce Lee, because, you know, you can bring all things back to Bruce Lee. And mm-hmm. he said to the little boy in the Shaolin Temple, when he was trying to teach him uh, a martial art technique, he said, it's like a finger pointing at the moon. If you concentrate on the finger, you miss all the heavenly glory. And religion mm-hmm. points to the finger, but the finger is pointing to the higher source within you. And we get caught up thinking that the finger is the real thing, but the finger is only pointing to something, the Bible, the Quran, the Buddhist text, the Hindu text, the, you know, the various spiritualities and religions all around the world are pointing towards something. And we think that the finger is the real thing and the finger is pointing to the real thing. So it it really made me just drill down on that concept. Um, let's bring in the next caller. It, uh, hello, caller. Is it Ch- Chandrika? Could you please, please pronounce your name properly? I don't like to butcher people's names. You did very well to do so. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Where are you calling from? I am calling from Columbus, Georgia. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Do you have a question for Bishop? 
I do. Um, thank you, Mr. McDowell, for the opportunity um, and for having uh, Bishop Bishop on. Hey, Bishop Carlton. Um, hey. I communicate with you a lot, uh, usually via um, social media, and we've emailed some. Got a signed copy of, of my favorite book, and um, we've communicated about the book that I'm preparing to release. Um, I actually hit you up just recently because I've been watching um, Ron Ash, some of the old videos, and um, my question to you in, as I hit you up in your inbox was just um, how did you reconcile um, with his death? Um, as I'm watching him just thinking, you know, it just seems like he should still be here. Just listening to um, how he evolved, um, and I, I felt like his evolution um, was obvious in over time as he uh, preached, um, mm. as he was allowed, you know, his platform. I just felt like I, lately, just as I've watched, I've heard what I believe is evolution as he presented. Um, I just just wondered, what did you, where did you put that? Um, his passing, where did you put that? That was my first question. And my second question is, is I love and have always loved as a kid, um, even as a young person, um, growing up in the Church of God in Christ, um, how you handle words and the description of um, Greek and Hebrew and breaking them down. And I, I've often wondered, um, will you or is there a way you can leave your voice in the earth um, uh, uh, helping us with definitions um, of scripture or of words in scripture. Um, I don't know how that could be possible, but um, just to leave that, that your voice, not even just in writing, but your constant, it's constant. You're always describing words. And I just think when he is gone, where will that be? Where will that go? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for the question. Thank, thank you for the question. Thank you for following and paying. If you, if you're from a Kojic background, then that means you really have evolved. That you'd even be listening to me. So, congratulations. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> the people think I'm a, a language scholar or a linguist, but I'm not. I just use the dictionary, encyclopedia, Strong's Concordance when it comes to Hebrew right. and Greek, and I use those languages because thus the original scriptures were written in Hebrew, uh, which is not considered a modern language, but the but Hebrew scholars uh, wrote the Septuagint, 72 of them, uh, that's what Septuagint means, uh, because the Greek empire was influencing the whole planet, and young Hebrew children were missing the language and uh, didn't know the scriptures, and so these rabbis and linguists and what have you got together and, and translated uh, the Hebrew scriptures into Greek, which includes, of course, the New Testament. So, uh, But if anybody just does word studies, um, you can – I do it kind of naturally because I've been doing this 40 years, but, uh, but I use my strong concordance. When I'm reading the old, I go to Hebrew. When I'm reading the new, I go to Greek. And, of course, English is a much – Heinz 47 language is a combination of a whole lot of, of association. It's the most recent language of, of, of the languages of the world. And so ours is a combination of some of all of the other ones that preceded it. I find that interesting, too, when I'm just using the dictionary um, and, and uh, doing the, what, they call, what we call etymology, the study of the roots mm-hmm. of words. Mm-hmm. There's translation, and then there's transliteration. Litter is where we get from, from the word letter. Uh, we, when we study the actual alphabets, 
of those languages and the gematria or numbers associated with the letters. It's an exhaustive and an extensive study, but it's fascinating when you get into it. So, um, but I understand what many have asked me to write a book and just put the, all these words in them. <laughs> and I said, well, somebody uh, actually I, already I, did that, but it's a combination of them. I actually have access to all that. I have the, you know, the uh, online, I have the software on my computer, I have the book, um, the concordance, but there's just something about hearing you break them down. Almost um, seemingly the words that are necessary to be broken down. So sometimes we might not be reading or looking at the right word. So that, yeah, so just hearing you identify them rather than, I wouldn't read it because I have the resources to read. So Mm -hmm. if you wrote a book, that's me. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't read it. But to hear you talk about it is, it blesses me. But the Varon question, and then I'll hang up. Uh, Varon is, was tired. He um, he was young and brilliant. He was a genius. He never felt comfortable in this planet. Uh, he was not comfortable with his life. Some of the most gifted people are otherworldly, and they never seem to fit. He never felt he fit. He heard me preach, he says, the first time when he was 11 years old, a little white boy living with some black people in Florida adopted. Later on, he moved to Jamaica, and he was around Pentecostal, black Pentecostals all his life. He got into Syrian orthodoxy. He was an intellectual genius, a theologian, a scholar, a historian, but he just couldn't feel comfortable. He wasn't personally happy in all of his years of ministry and of life. A lot of pain, a lot of hurt. And um, at the time he expired, he was about to shift more into open, uh, was about to shift more into open flow and fellowship and new thought. He discussed it with me, and uh, but he had had uh, – there was a period in his life where he just didn't take care of his body. He went through a period of, of anger and resentment and rebellion, and he just kind of let things go, and he eventually caught up with him. We don't know his biological background. He wasn't always sure, but he had heart issues, and uh, they they – because he wasn't aware that they were there and didn't take care of them responsibly, it eventually got to him. Okay. And we miss him so much. I've never had more people lament to me over the death of any of my friends over the years like people miss uh, him. If you believe in reincarnation, he's already on the planet back somewhere doing it again. He'll do better this time <laughs> because he left us early, and uh, I don't think yeah. he was, his, his job was complete at all. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Shandrika, for the call. It's greatly appreciated. Um and I know Bishop Pierce appreciates your support without a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. Thank you. Keep writing. Thank you. Brilliant. Uh, so, Bishop, just for my caller's sake, who are you talking about? Because you all never said his name, whole I'm name. I'm sorry, I meant to identify. Uh, this was a young, a white, young white man who was a Syrian Orthodox priest who had studied all the religions, the Eastern religions, and knew something about Hinduism and Buddhism and Pentecostalism and Christianity. He was a theologian, and he was only – I met him. uh, He came to a prophetic conference at my church, and I asked my staff, because I wasn't at the conference, I said, who did you all enjoy the greatest this uh, this conference? And they said, this guy, new guy, we'd never heard of him before. His name was uh, 
uh, Veron Ash, and he was off the chain. We were fascinated by him. I said, oh, really, did he? Is he still here? Did he stay in time? They said, yes, he's going to be at church in the morning. He wanted to meet you. So I said, hmm. He, and I made up my mind then I was going to call on him if he was that prophetic and that edgy right on the – he learned he was going to speak the same time the audience learned he was going to speak because they thought I was going to speak and the place was packed. And I had all these preachers put on the platform. I introduced him, and he he wrecked the place is the term we use in our old Pentecostal background. He got up yeah. and preached uh, so prophetically and so profoundly, but he was doing new thought, but he was based on – uh, scripture. Everything that he he was saying was scripture, but he was talking about expanded consciousness, just diff- using different words in his lang- lingo. So I invited him to come to Azusa. He blew the place wide open. He'd been a minister in obscurity, and as a result of speaking at Azusa, our conference that we have annually down here in Tulsa, we did for 15 years. A crowd sometimes were uh, at least 50,000 people would come through the city on some of those. Uh, 30,000, and then we'd have 50,000 that would come in the five-day period, and um, the place only seated 10,000, so we turned thousands away almost every night. And he, he, um, when he spoke on that platform, everybody invited him. Noel Jones, T.D. Jakes, I mean, he was just across the miles and he was across the country preaching everywhere and preaching hard, sort of the Noel Jones type overdoing it and uh, not eating right and not resting right and didn't have some of the other disciplines. And it wore him out. He trusted somebody to handle his finances, and they stole hundreds of thousands, and he got discouraged. But again, he was a young fellow, uh, uh, an old spirit in a young mind and young body. And I think he, he, he never really balanced it out well. But he was all over the country speaking in the largest churches and conferences as a result of him speaking at Azusa. All right, beautiful, beautiful. So I have two questions left for you because I have more than that, but that's all we have time for. So during the break, I mentioned how, as I was getting ready this morning and listening to Pandora, a song from an artist that I won't mention had that I like had kept talking about mercy in the song. And my brain stopped me to look up the definition of mercy in English, and you had a very good response to it. So in English, the word mercy means compassion, or forgiveness shown towards someone who is within one's power to punish or harm. Now, my theology, my religious belief doesn't believe in a smackdown God that punishes and harms and whatever, or lets lets the foot off the pedal, for instance. You know, um, it's outside the context of, of my new thought paradigm. But you gave a different response from the Hebrew. Could you speak a little bit about what mercy means from the Hebrew perspective? Well, it... It, because Hebrew is a is a fear based uh, uh, the the Hebrew Bible is a fear based theology. Mercy and and grace um, are are references to appeasing an angry entity or pleasing a difficult one. You, the grace gave you the ability to to please a difficult God, and the mercy was the grace to offend a. a an angry God, <laughs> or peace, an angry God. But in the in the in the general gracious uh, New Testament concept, it means kindness rather than sympathy. Old Testament, it's sympathy. New Testament, it's figuratively the kindness of God, that God doesn't just love you, God likes you. And most evangelical fundamentalists in any 
fundamentalists in any religion, and certainly evangelicals, do not believe in the kindness of God. They believe that God had sympathy on us and felt sorry for we worms, and uh, somehow through the blood of Jesus uh, forgave our sinfulness. And that is a biblical concept, because the God of the Old Testament said, I repent that I made you, and I regret, and I, I resent that I made you. And my spirit's not going to strive with you always. You're mortals. And then all these horrible things started happening uh, to in within the Earth Project. That concept is warped. And it's an old concept that intimidates and erodes the mind. And people don't have self and soul respect because that's considered pride and arrogance to say, I'm really like God because I'm made in the image and likeness. We believe that we're supposedly made in the image and likeness, but we don't believe that God likes us <laughs> yeah. because religion sends mixed signals that that and and the the person you heard singing that song has that concept that God uh, condescendingly excuses them mercifully because they're rot and they're sinful and they're worms and they're not worthy and that's just the way the Christian religion has been built. And I think it has it has caused poor mental health and trauma. <laughs> yes, yes, you know. And as you were talking, I thought about what Reverend Ike said. You know, you can pray for mercy, but it won't pay the rent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very true. Very true. <laughs> so, so yeah, but it just didn't it didn't function with my thought process at all, which leads to uh, my last question which is about Jesus, which you touched on a little bit. And, you know, when reading your Gospel of Inclusion book to God is Not a Christian book, in my opinion, you see you see a, a massive evolution in, from even the Gospel of Inclusion to where you were with God is Not a Christian, Muslim, Jew, etc. Um, mm-hmm. how, how, how does the, in the new spirituality, your emerging spirituality, you view Jesus in 2020, not based upon the old paradigm of blood sacrifice and atonement. Well, I I like to call it Christ consciousness. The scripture says, "Who has known the mind of the Lord that they may instruct him?" But we have the mind of Christ. That's that's divine mind, and I think it has existed far be ahead of Jesus, since Jesus, and even besides Jesus. Jesus is a figurative representative of Christ consciousness. The man Jesus evidently was in touch with his Christ essence and lived it out. Now, he only lived 33 and a half years. 18 of those years, we have no idea what he was doing, where he was, what he was thinking. He could have been in the East, as we talked about earlier, studying under in some of the ashrams and under some of the shaman, because he left uh, scripture at 12. We don't see or hear or know anything about him until he's 30, and then we have three short years at 30 where he did the miracles. But he must have learned the healing sciences. He must he could have gone down to Egypt and some of their spirituality. He could have gone over to to the Orient and learned Hindu and Buddhist and Zen spiritualities and mysticisms. You're going? Yes. Sorry. My daughter just peeked her head out. Hi baby. Uh, um, <laughs> no, I said hi. <laughs> she, she, you're you're always gonna be uncle to her. She loves your life. Um, but the the, um, um, the Jesus, the Jesus, the Christ consciousness. 
Yeah, Christ consciousness. You know what? This is this is very stunning, Galen. The, we don't know that much about Jesus other than the way he is portrayed in Scripture. There are no other historical documents that are authentically verified to have been written about him at his time in Roman annals. There's no yeah. mention of him or Pontius Pilate or um, any of those in the story that we have in the Bible. You know where Muhammad's buried. You know where Buddha's buried. You do, we don't know where Jesus is buried because there is no body there. So we don't. Christians rejoice in the resurrection, which we believe happily and accept it. But because there is no, there are no books written besides uh, not a large amount of records of the Jesus, he's an obscure person. And so uh, some historians, theologians, and archaeologists and all that don't believe that the traditional Jesus ever even existed, but the concept was borrowed from other religions preceding Christianity and even aspects of Judaism by thousands of years. So that will always be up for debate. My personal consciousness of the Christ, I don't believe God uh, to be a person as much as a principle, a nameless uh, almost traceless, faceless, spaceless, ageless reality in the farthest reaches and regions and rhythms of consciousness, we can say God, but that God is infinite, which means without finish, and that infers without beginning, just has always been, and cannot be handled or boxed in or defined, barely described. God is as you experience God. So to come back with this Jesus concept is man's attempt to humanize God, to phys- to make God physical. It's really – this will make some of your, your fundamentalist uh, listeners a little bit uncomfortable. Jesus is, a, is an idol that Christians created to humanize and visualize and physically touch God. It's like the Tower of Babel, confusion. Christianity mm. leads a lot of confusion, as all religions do. They're all towers of Babel, Babel, of confusion. Many voices, many choices, many avenues and attitudes. So, well, we got to close, Bishop, because they're giving us the music. So thank well, you so much for those who are listening. Touch base with Bishop Pearson. Follow what you need to follow. Touch base with him. You won't... Uh, uh, won't, don't want to miss what he offers. God bless you all. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life, no matter what you've been through? you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.